0: Welcome to the seventh episode of the Pepper Podcast. For those who are returning after our one-week hiatus, welcome back. And if you are new, the Pepper Podcast covers a wide range of spicy events that occur in our daily lives. Two high school students tackle heated topics through discussion. I'm your host, Jay Mehta, and joining me is my co-host, Andy Watsonaskunpen. And today's topic will be covering the war occurring in Ukraine and how conflict between Russia and its neighboring country has created widespread panic and drastic economic effects throughout the world. Two sanctions placed on Russia, the ruble, which is Russia's currency, lost about 25% of its value to trade at 104 to the dollar at 12.15 p.m. Eastern Time, after plummeting as much as 40% on February 28th.
1: Yeah, so w- I would say that this is a pretty prevalent topic in our time right now. I definitely agree. <laughs> it,
0: I feel like this podcast is very uh, long overdue.
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> literally every time you turn on the news, any news channel, it's always especially in the U.S., they're always covering the Ukraine war yeah. and, uh, like, updating what Zelensky's doing, any Putin interviews, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it, it's kind of been, like, a ticking time bomb ever since, like, the Crimean War in 2014. Yeah. Re- how Putin has showed interest in Ukraine and that Crimean region and kind of taking back former Soviet lands.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's something important that we should mention, like, how this all got there. Um, and so after doing some research, it happened during like the Crimean, you know, russia ukrainian War of 2014. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's something that's really important because that's really when um, Putin started to think of, hey, let's expand our borders beyond just Russia, um, take back, like you said, Soviet lands. Um, and I feel like there's like this, there, th- it's not I feel like there is this, this conflict between um, the idea of, Independence and how Russia is not recognizing Ukraine as an independent nation, which is similar to Taiwan and China, um, where yeah. China does not recognize Taiwan as a legitimate country and still sees it w- as one of its own, while Taiwan, of course, thinks otherwise. Um, and so yeah. I feel like this is very similar, but this conflict has been going on for a, for a general, a, a good amount of time. Um, and it wasn't fully you know enacted upon. It. I feel like it was building, um, especially with Putin you know he's trying to bolster his own their own economy um and trying to rely less on imports from you know western countries yeah. um i feel like this was definitely planned for a long time um but yeah there's just a lot going on right now i feel like it is a very um it's a very crucial and calculated step that putin did um we have to just wait it out but so far i feel like really what what pushed Putin into wanting to get, um, you know, wanting to have Ukraine as part of Russia. I feel like you could do that pretty well.
1: So I think that from, like, a lot of analyses that I've read upon Putin's potential motives is that, like, he, you know, he's worked in the KGB. Mm -hmm. He's 70, he's 69 years old. He's almost 70. And so that makes him alive in Russia and a political power when the USSR was still around, right? Mm -hmm. And so that mean like what i've seen is that he kind of is unhappy with the stance that Ukraine has taken mm-hmm. given NATO and the European Union yeah. and once Na- and once Ukraine has uh, support so, like given like positive sentiment towards joining NATO or the EU Putin really was on high alert like we don't want um an Eastern European country in that kind of organization because you know, there was the Warsaw Pact versus NATO, yeah, back in the um, during the uh, Cold War, the Cold War, and then the Russian Red Scare, we had all that. So, it's always been a feud between Russia and then Western Europe. So, what I've seen is that P- Putin wants to kind of annex, mm-hmm. which means make a part of their mm-hmm. country, yeah, it just like, annex Ukraine, which is a former Soviet Union country or yeah. area that was kind of liberated after the fall of the Soviet Union. Yeah. With just, just like, countries like Lithuania, Estonia, Latvia. Mm-hmm. Those countries were all part of the Soviet Union, except... Belarus. The main, yes, Belarus, except the main difference is the, those previously mentioned countries, besides Ukraine, are part of NATO. And the crucial thing that we need to understand about NATO and why NATO is such an important um, entity in this war Mm -hmm. is that Article 5 of NATO states that if any attack, pretty much that any attack on a NATO country is an an attack on all NATO countries. Mm -hmm. means That if Russia were to advance and attack any other NATO country, which Ukraine is not a NATO country, Mm -hmm. mind that, any other NATO country, every single other... Country would pretty much have to be in conflict with russia, which would mostly be a world war three situation Mm -hmm. But that's what i've seen that's like Putin just wants to annex ukraine because of just like it's the motherland of the soviet union and the slavic people
0: Yeah, um, I feel like there's something very important um, that we're leaving out is that number one um, I, I guess, you know, after the fall of Soviet Union, you know, everybody had their own independent countries, but something very important that uh, Putin wants to annex uh, Ukraine for is it's, you know, their resources. Ukraine is yeah. very, is extremely rich in its mineral resources. Um, it has abundant reserves of, you know, coal, iron ore, natural gas, salt, oil, mm-hmm. graphite, you know, a lot of um, n- essential elements that we need um, and not to mention that it has, um, it's very, it's, you know, it's right next to the water. So it's able to get control of, uh, the Black Sea Global and then, you know, power. yeah. And then able to get eventually into the, you know, um, through ports and things like that. So mm-hmm. not only would it be able to, um, increase its naval power, but they would also be able to be, they would have more resources. Um, and so I guess thinking of Ukraine and trying to annex Ukraine as one of its own, it's just another way of getting more resources, um, yeah. And I feel like that's a very big driving motive of Putin so far, um, because this has been so long. And if it, it well, I guess I would question why it would be so important, um, if it wasn't as long as it is now. Um, <laughs> but I was something very important. I feel like that's keeping this conflict going on ever since 2014. Well, even before that, you know. Um, But ever since, I guess, the russia crimean War, you know, the Crimean War, I feel like it's very um, imperative that they're going for resources.
1: Yes, yeah, and I did neglect to mention that, but that is definitely one of the biggest main motives of Putin is that Ukraine does provide those resources and those opportunities. It's also kind of closer to Western Europe, so, like, I understand why Western European countries and NATO is kind of scared. Mm-hmm. done not just for the well-being of the ukrainians but also for like the future of nato and the like, power because they're getting closer and holding more power especially in like the donbass region with like luhansk uh-huh. and because like okay i think it's also important to mention that area the donbass region
0: mm-hmm.
1: he- is heavily ethnically russian yeah right? and it was designed that way because mm-hmm. during the u.s soviet union days they would literally move russians there to live there to increase russian like influence and russification you you can go back to captain the great russification in that way and i think that it's also important to mention that most russians and ukrainians agree that the war is really bad and don't support it yeah yeah they're powerless to do so and We've seen some strange sentiment coming from the Donbass region, which not does not surprise me, to be honest, because they're ethnically Russian. And Russia, at this current moment, has already gone inside and annexed there and that part and told them that they don't have to follow Ukraine anymore.
0: Um, about the two, yeah. like, recognize the recognition of the two regions? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. So, like, the Donbass like, Republic, like, Republic yeah. and the Wuhan's independence. Yeah. Luhansk. yeah. Not only was that um an important motive of, of like giving morale to the people in that area, but it's really an excuse for him to move his um well, this was like on the twenty first, so this is a while back. But um this was an excuse for him to move his troops um into the territory of Ukraine, uh, without it imposing yeah. on any, you know, I guess I guess issues with NATO because if he recognizes um independent areas that are pro-Putin, you know, he's able to go through that area with no, um, issue whatsoever. And I think what's so interesting, you know, with, you know, with all these sanctions and things like that, Switzerland, I feel like this is something incredible. Switzerland, who is notoriously always neutral, has agreed to impose sanctions on yeah. Russia. That is something that's yeah. incredible, in my opinion, because World War I, neutral world war ii neutral you know what i mean they've been neutral for a very long time and the fact that they aren't neutral right now is something that's i guess it's it's a big indicator that yeah. there's something more to this that's going on um yeah but sanctions have been something that has collapsed the ruble um and what's even more interesting is that Russia's somewhat unfazed by it because Russia has been bolstering its economy for so long and has allied itself with the correct, like, with the right people, um, that they're able to. The government can keep running, you know, despite these NATO uh, sanctions, which is so interesting. Um, but I mean, these sanctions have entirely, um, destroyed the wealth of um Russian nobles. I mean, completely destroyed. Like the Russian wealth, um, I remember seeing it. I guess it dropped thirty six percent in like two days. It was insane, so yeah, and just recently the United States will join allies in closing airspace to Russian planes amid conflict in Ukraine, and so this is escalating yeah. um we don't know where really things will go yet, but definitely there's there's there is war um after you know putin yeah. he he uh i guess announced a how did he describe it, a special military campaign or something like that yeah. um yeah in Ukraine, but they've been fighting ever since. So.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I think it's it's really mind-opening to see this level of conflict happen.
0: Yeah.
1: Like in our times, and it, it's like the most ma- it's like the most major uh European invasion of another country since like World War 2. Mm-hmm. And you know, I can't say like I have did not see it coming because like I think a year ago, I was watching some video on the Crimean War and then uh, one of the comments that I saw was like I guarantee you in the future, as in, like, in a few years or something, Russia will invade Ukraine. Yeah. And they will come and take it. And I was like, that's actually really interesting because I never thought of it like that. And I kind of want to live to see the day. Like, I don't... obviously don't want to, like, live to see the death, but it'd be cool to live through a historical moment like that in which history plays out all over again. And look at us, a year later, the exact yeah. thing is
0: happening. I feel like I'm the opposite of you. I do not want to see this happen. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want everything but this to happen um, because I don't want another world war. The way things are going, um, I'm not very optimistic that things will go out as planned because um, through sanctions, it's pretty much the government's able to keep running because of its bolstering um, and how it's pretty much put on extra layers so that if it is cut, if, like if they're... Um, if their supporters cut from them, they're still able to, you know, sustain themselves. So yeah, being able to sustain themselves while invading another country is nothing good. it's not very good at all. Um, and so these sanctions are doing less and less now. Um, so either I guess we have two options, right? Um, nobles overturn, um, and they revolt against Putin, uh, which is highly mm-hmm. unlikely due to the suppression of, um, yeah. you know, I guess just thinking in general um in russia or uh world war (laughs) um and so something that's very scary that could be a possibility of this that i don't want to talk about but i feel like is on the table is nuclear war um Yeah. yeah number currently i believe russia has the most nuclear weapons and first of all i don't see it in any right in any right mind for russia to nuke first of all launch a nuclear attack on Ukraine because it still sees Ukraine as its own country. And on top of that, a main, p- I guess, purpose of Russia um, invading Ukraine is its resources. And so destroying the resources that, you know, you've wanted to create uh, or that you've wanted to have would just be, you know, pretty, pretty much pointless. Um, and mm. so at least no nuclear war in Ukraine for now. However, abroad i don't know right now um i feel like as long as western countries do not get fully involved i feel like it would there would be not as much of an impact on war for them currently but if we do get more involved uh we as in western countries um if european powers and you know america and things like that if we get involved i feel like there would be a lot more heavier conf- heavier consequences um that i really do not want to see um considering i don't see the purpose of fighting um this big of a war um just yeah. for you know because like this all stems from greed you know this is only all stemming from russia wanting to annex ukraine and yes i agree that is something that's horrible but i do not want a world war to stem from that
1: yeah And what I meant, I did not mean, like, obviously, I do not want a world war. I do not want more people to die. I just thought it was really intriguing to see history play out the way that it has, Mm -hmm. and to see that, you know, when people say, uh, history should not repeat itself, that we should learn from our past, obviously not, because this same thing is happening all over again in Russia and stuff like that. And, like, it's really intriguing to watch because, like, diplomacy is what i think i think diplomacy is more important than you know firepower and then you our strong army yeah. and the fact that putin is kind of making this move now mm-hmm. and that one thread he said that like if any countries try to intervene with us when our, we it try to invade face, ukraine like... you will see like punishments that the history has never seen yeah. before or something yeah or consequences that history has never seen before and i was like that most definitely alludes to nuclear war yeah i feel
0: feel like it was definitely leading to something other than just uh warfare um but i just don't i don't see um a conclusion where it's happy currently
1: yeah
0: um one side is definitely gonna lose a lot if conflict doesn't end quickly i know i remember hearing something about russia and ukraine going to
1: talk diplomatically
0: pretty soon i don't know if that happened yet or not
1: it okay, already happened and no no conclusion was met at oh, that like no breakthroughs at all Okay,
0: so I feel like my prediction um, and This is just a prediction fighting would probably continue if it plans if it just plays out just you Ukraine and Russia and then you know NATO sanctions and things like that and maybe some support from um, You know Western countries. I feel like the war like this little war would last maybe two weeks and then maybe some diplomatic things will be met that's a more positive side um a more negative side would be we go into full-blown war which is that i do not want to see um but i guess we can move away from this because this is getting a little grim um we can move i guess what's we talked about how greed is stemming from this there are other examples you know everywhere um i i see that you know like with france and Mali and things like
1: that yeah yes yes i think that um because there was Operation Serval, which was a French operation that tried to go into Mali and kind of pretty much take care of and like eliminate a lot of terrorist groups or groups deemed terrorist groups in the country. And, yeah. you know, I think that when, like, I'm on TikTok sometimes. And so I will look at like Ukraine v. Russia. It's on my For You page everywhere. Mm-hmm. Ukraine v. Russia war. And so I'm looking at it and I'm reading the comments and they're like, it's so awesome to see, it's so like, it's so cool or like weird to see war literally play out on our phones and via social media and on, on TV in real life. And then I always, I, and I got, that got me thinking to like, you literally have grown up seeing that with the U.S. and the Middle East. And then there's like, uh, there's Nigeria, Syria, Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, like Yemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally that happens. But because it's the U.S. and because it's a Western power, pretty much, kind of taking advantage and like th- causing conflict in a more third world country yeah. or low income, like developing country, that's kind of like bad. Our eyes are kind of like we we just batter an eye to that. It's, it's kind of shied
0: away. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but it, this is really... good.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna say it's really like disappointing because. Yes, they are different conflicts, and yes, they are both terrible. But it's kind of like the hypocrisy of the world where there's solidarity and unity for the people of Ukraine, which I support. Mm-hmm. But where was that support when we when like there were hundreds and thousands of uh, Iraqis or Afghanis getting bombed by the yeah. u s yeah
0: so like I guess going off that, um there's been a lot of um similarities of, like, this kinds of conflict and wanting independence, not just in, in like, modern-day 21st century, but even in the 20th century um, after post-war, uh, post-World War II um, decolonization, um, where France would let some countries just off the hook, pretty much, but, like, in other cases, like Algeria, Al- the Alger- Algerian War was one of the most gruesome and horrid f- wars yeah. ever fought. Between um you know just a French war in general because it is so gruesome, um and so they you know Algeria had to fight and fight and fight and fight for its independence and it eventually gained it but at the cost of you know hundreds you know a lot of lives, um which yeah. is something that like there was um a hundred forty thousand to hundred fifty two thousand soldiers killed, um for Algeria which is. I I say hefty um because I mean it's 140,000 lies you know, these are people.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And I feel like for the people that are saying that w- it's cool to see war kind of unfold in your eyes, I mean, I feel like the narrative would k- switch up quickly if that happened to you. Um and I feel like something that's important that we need to keep is um, respect during this time um and just maintaining I guess a sense of how do I put this? So like, we should be grateful, um, that we are in a country where we do not fully have, um, conflict going on. That's as great as what's happening in Ukraine and the Middle East and things like that. Um, I feel like I'm very grateful for that. Um, but I feel like during this time, especially during the Ukraine, Russia con like conflict that's going on. Yeah. There's, there's people that, you know like there's children dying and things like that we need to maintain decency um but hope for the best because you know war is always bad for both sides yeah, um, exactly. and there's even like like Russians and both and Ukrainians don't want to do this like there is yeah. there's been anecdotes of both sides not wanting
1: to yeah, do Yeah literally it. there are protests in St Petersburg and Moscow mm-hmm. and like thousands of arrests Yeah of russian they're like own oh, people because they're protesting the war yeah and that that happened i guess it's an issue more
0: with um diplomacy in the cabinet than it is the people um yeah so with time i guess we should be able to fit well, you know diplomatically handle things but i guess for now yeah. let's pray yeah um, but yeah
1: yeah and i just re- finished reading an article that was reporting like Russian troops are reportedly puncturing holes in their uh, own field tanks as an excuse not to go into conflict or, like, as morale decreases or something. Yeah. I was like, wow. That is that is next level. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know they're not doing it because they... Do you know they're doing it because they're getting forced to you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a force. Like, I've seen, um, like, Russian soldiers, like, going on the road and they're, like, when Ukrainians ask him, like, why are you here? And they're like, I'm being forced to. Um, I don't want to yeah. do this either, and things like that. And so these anecdotes of, like, pure sorrow, of not wanting to do it but being forced to, it merely just reflects how um, insolent, I guess, the cabinet is um, of the Russian yeah. Confederacy. I feel like just right now, especially, there's a lot of Ukrainians fighting um, and Russians fighting, but how how is this solved you know because if you just cut you know if you just cut the conflict right now and say ukraine's independent russia's independent you know not only does that anger russia right Mm
1: -hmm.
0: ukraine would probably be very upset at russia and the world would probably be upset at russia um and so you know the the rules might be reversed you know because currently ukraine's doing a pretty decent job of um holding yeah. off against ukraine or you, ukraine's doing a very good job of holding off against russia but yes what yeah. if the roles were reversed that's what's yeah. scary you know what i mean yeah
1: and you know i have much respect for vladimir uh zelensky mm-hmm his willingness to fight for his country and stand for his people. And I know for a fact that not many leaders would do that for their country, especially against a major world power like Russia.
0: Yeah, he's fighting alongside
1: <laughs> them. He's <laughs> on the front lines right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is insane. They, he is, right now, Russia's number one target. And I saw something that, like, was like, uh, for Kyiv they set in 200 or, like, 400 mercenaries to kill Zelensky, pretty much. And, like, it's weird to me. He, he, he was a comedian.
0: Yeah, he was a comedian. And, like, he
1: pre- into, like, the presidency. Like, that's, that's really – that's awesome. Like, that's
0: – Yeah.
1: I expected that because you always expect some background in, like, politics or something or the military. But – yeah, I still I very much respect Volodymyr Zelensky's um decision to stay. with well, his entire family's decision to stay and fight mm-hmm. for their country. Because yeah. it kind of, it's like, like if their leader leaves, morale instantly drops. Exactly. I know for fact that, that it would if I was a Ukrainian. I
0: agree. Um I I guess and then going off that like and then we're going I guess we're gonna go back to where like um sanctions have hit. Um, Western countries are imposing sanctions to kind of, not only are they kind of just a little bit like distancing themselves from the conflict, so no physical conflict, but they are, but they're able to you know contribute, um, and so with these sanctions, um, it it will undoubtedly affect Russia, but the country came into twenty twenty two with a budget surplus of uh, almost seven billion dollars, so, I mean if we how i guess how long would these sanctions be in place for them to truly hurt their losses because they're also imposing sanctions against us right um yeah. and i know that the russia has a gas pipe that um connects uh russia and western yes, europe yeah. um and supplies 40 percent of the gas in western europe and so if that's cut off you know that's yeah. very devastating
1: towards western yeah, europe really, yeah so if you go outside you can literally see the price difference yeah
0: yeah i definitely there's it prices have surged i feel like i think the um there was like an order to not raise to gouge prices um by an extreme amount just so just because um it would cause extreme inflation and economic panic but i mean even in just western europe there hasn't yeah. been fully a lot of retaliation by russia so what if there was um and that would affect western Ru- uh, western europe um united states it would affect pretty much everywhere because we have bec- i guess after world war 2 we've become so interconnected um especially uh-huh. through the internet and things like that where banks are pretty much everywhere you know like th- it can be online it could be whatever so f- you know f- freezing funds is as long as you have the right stuff you can do it um and so i know the uh tennessee uh one of the tennessee rainy day funds actually got frozen so it's been very difficult for the tennessee government to access their funds uh well because half of their funds for the rainy day fund um was frozen by russian hackers so it, it, oh. this yeah this impacts a lot of people not just uh western europe not just ukraine not just uh russia it's definitely a lot broader than that um and so it's yeah. it's a big side of what side are you on um in fact that's very important
1: yeah and like i was gonna say something about like we were talking about oh yeah the u.s actually imports more oil from russia in like OPEC,
0: mm-hmm.
1: i learned today from my econ teacher and you know i never really knew that and because like you know what, like definitely that conflict is has brought upon economic war against many countries in the world but <laughs> i also understand nato's and the U.S. is like stance on not getting involved at all mm-hmm. because like you, they have they're they're out here weighing the consequences. Like, yes, we desperately would want to help Ukraine, but we know that if we do that more it's literally it's probably World War Three. Because NATO versus Russia Yeah. Like those countries versus Russia, mm-hmm. it's not gonna end well. It's gonna end with more deaths, more devastation, more destruction, everything.
0: Yeah, and I feel like yeah, not only that, but there's, I guess there's two sides to the story, you know? Um, yeah. I remember I saw something, I saw like a video of like Putin and he said like um, in like 2000, when he met with Bill Clinton um, and asked, he was like, would you be opposed to Russia joining NATO? And Bill Clinton's eyes, this is according to Putin. So, you know, this is just a secondary source, but apparently Bill Clinton's eyes like yeah like we're just completely open with shock um and so he didn't give a lot of details but there has been conflict between uh russia and united states and it really just stems down to that are we going to have a second cold war is what's important
1: yeah and yeah i do not want to ignore america's kind of role in the Ukraine-Russia war Mm -hmm. and the conflict that is with Ukraine and the U.S. right now because we have definitely exacerbated and made a lot of problems worse and made them about us to the point where they've also created animosity amongst other foreign nations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I see it all over the news. Not the news because the mainstream news is pretty... Geared towards the American people, but like I was looking at this one like Indian news thing on YouTube, it was so transparent. And the woman, what she provided, such an unbiased view, and it was really refreshing. And then I could see kind of both sides of the the conflict, mm-hmm. and how like, a lot of Russians were told that it's the the Russia is defending against NATO and the U.S. is advances. Against uh Russia, mm-hmm. and so all they were doing is defending by trying to attack Ukraine, but obviously that's not what we hear right yeah so
0: and the I guess the importance of media is so important um like the 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 prevalence of how media can quickly and from both sides um can just so easily manipulate information um yes. it's really it's really it's like scary to see. Um, because, you know, for media to keep going, they have to get in views and money and things. And so creating these real titles aren't gonna, you know, rake in money. It's creating these kind of white lie titles or fake titles that's gonna yeah. really generate a lot of, you know, clicks and views and revenue. So trying to manipulate information by taking things out of context and, you know, trying to make something that could be, maybe may, may have some idea, but if it's portrayed through, you know, like taking only very specific, you know, viewpoints and things like that, and then making an argument with that, changing the entire narrative of a story can be so easy. So yeah. I guess the importance of media has shifted the entire conflict, um, like you don't see you know, the Russian side of things in, and I guess, yeah. you know, our uh, American uh, media, but you don't see the American side of things in Russian media. And so providing mm-hmm. an unbiased viewpoint is something that's very difficult.
1: Yeah, I think so too, because media, as you said, plays an incredibly powerful role in the, the, the perception, the public perception mm-hmm. and, and diplomacy in that regard
0: i also I, I, for, sorry I, for, I forgot to also mention i also saw like g- again giving like a full sides to the story um there was a ukrainian um i guess it was like a train that was leaving ukraine um uh-huh. and they would not let um American- Af- or like, you know, Af- Af- african like- african passengers to yeah. enter the train um yeah and so the train too. left without them which is something that's like that's so that has never you know, that won't be portrayed um in, in media because it's something that conflicts with the viewpoint and the idea. Um and no but that I guess in the other side of that is that it contributes to morale. So yeah uh, providing in a, a maybe uh, while though although it could be something that's um very biased and very meticulously you know calculated, yeah. it could also be something that could positively affect countries as a whole by in- increasing nationalism and pride
1: yeah i agree and just going back to like are the the threat of that russia poses to not just ukraine but the rest of the world pretty much mm-hmm. like mean the like denuclearization and like trying to take away nuclear weapons from countries or like sign up pact or something like that that is a really, really difficult thing. I've seen people just say that. I'm like, you know, they're still going to find loopholes and ways to keep that because it's such a destructive form of well, warfare that, you know, like, once you go to that, get to that point, you can't really go back. It's like, you, it's so hard to take back.
0: Yeah. Like yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just
0: there's so much going on right now um i just don't really know how things will plan out or pan out um first of all i feel like what we can do as citizens is if we see so if we see things that could develop that could that needs change um it'd be best to consult you know your local lawmakers um yeah and this is this is not for war or anything. Just if you'd like to see yeah, change in your community, be the change. Um, remember we vote. Um, for those of voting age, you vote who you want to see in office and who you see best reflects, um, your your community. And so, number one, engaging your, um, or just performing your civic duty in voting is important. Number two, yeah, um, trying to petition for laws for your lawmakers, um you are the voice of your community and so trying to bring that to um lawmakers that can support that and bring that through um to your state government is important or your local government Um, Mm -hmm. and other than that i mean just try to be optimistic right now um i'm trying to be optimistic Uh, hopefully this can end soon um i wish it can end very soon i hope the fighting ends i personally don't like conflict um but i sometimes i feel like we just can't avoid
1: war um yeah yeah that's just part of human nature
0: yeah so let's pray that soon let's pray there's as few yes and there's as few casualties as possible um
1: and that the conflict will come to an end very soon yeah I think, like, the most responsible thing for us who aren't necessarily directly affected by the war mm-hmm. and, like, people like us is to educate ourselves on the topic and not, the kind of, kind of, like, I not know. to make the conflict about us. Because I no, see a lot of... Not
0: that, but in an un- unbiased way.
1: Yes, in an unbiased way, because oftentimes it is shaped by the media and we get misinformation. We want to see the whole picture and get informed in that way so we can have philosophical and uh, fruitful discussions about you know, course of action and what's going on and yeah. how history is playing out right now. I
0: agree, I agree. Yeah, taking because it's so. I guess especially with our generation is they can be we can be very easily swayed by information that's on um you know like social media sources like TikTok and Twitter and Instagram and you know I don't yeah know anybody on and Gen Z's on Facebook, but um yeah. you know these social media sources um directly are our news sources because very few um gen z uh people watch the news um they only get their information from you know social media and so if social media does not provide um adequate information that's that's true you know and that's unbiased um that's that i guess that reflects how that's just a reflection of how we have prepared our generation for failure. Um, Yeah, showing people one side of the story is very unfair. Um, I feel like if you're going to present a conflict to somebody, give them both sides and let them choose for themselves what they think is right Um, by create. But if you create a perception for somebody, you're only creating badness. You're not creating actual thought. You're presenting what you want them to see. So Um, I guess definitely trying to educate yourself about what's going on, not just about Ukraine, but just about anything you really, um, you can. Trying to educate yourself about uh, your society (laughs) and how you can improve your society, uh, what's going on in the world, um, that's important. Um, And I feel like as we move into the future, um, because I don't know how this is going to pan out, I can't read the future, but um, it's just, we just have to really understand what side do you think is truly right
1: um yeah yeah. and even if there is no side that's truly right we can it's important to be aware of things that happen so that uh, we can kind of relate these topics to other world issues similar world issues Mm -hmm. because sometimes there are a lot of things that are shared and similarities that can be found within a lot of these like conflicts and wars and yeah you know education is key yeah, It's really important, and especially when it comes to things that pretty much, you know, kind of go on in our lives and could dictate the lives of people we know and the future of the world as we know it. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and with that, our discussion comes to an end. We thank you for listening and hope you'll stay tuned for future episodes. Don't forget to follow the Pepper Podcast on Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube.